It's the Dogcast, episode number 317. Dogs lose an intense heartbreaker of a game. It's a week later and it still feels like Buck Blue got sacked in the end zone. Just a quick note before we get started with the show. Uh, we I have a ton of audio comments. I mean, so many audio comments that I think what I'm going to do is, instead of putting them on the end of this show like I normally would, I'm thinking about just making a show of audio comments. I'm going to post them in another day or two. And you guys can, uh, you know, we can relive the horror all over again. But uh, it's a ton of comments. I'm not even going to put them on the back of this show. So just listen in the next episode. I'll uh, I'll give it a special name so you know what it is. But anyway, it's going to be the audio comment show. It'll sound like a damn call-in show or something, like call-in show from hell. Anyway, on with the show. All right, dog fans, it's the Dogcast episode number three seventeen. This is the SEC championship post-game show. Dogs lose a heartbreaker, and I'm telling you, old dog, I say that a lot, but. I'm telling you, it was a heartbreaker, dude. <laughs> As you oh, yeah. well know, it was a stinking heartbreaker. It was. I was emotionally and physically spent after the game. But what a game it was, and it literally was a game for the ages. I mean, you know, 25, 50 years from now, folks will still be talking about this game. And unfortunately, someone had to win. Someone had to lose, and we came up on the short end of the stick. But it certainly was not for lack of effort at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we talked about it earlier. We said there were a couple keys to the game. First and foremost was controlling the line of scrimmage. We said it was going to boil down pretty much to their offensive line against our defensive front, and all through the game, but especially in the second half, their offensive line just dominated us, and we couldn't stop the run. In turn, you know, we came back. We said another key to the game would be if one team, hopefully us, could get ahead and turn the other team into a one-dimensional offense, which never happened. I mean, I think at one point we were up by 10 or 12. I mean, that was the biggest margin at all. And when we got in and after we blocked that field goal and went in, they came right back down and scored. So it never, neither team really had to get out of their game plan. It was always a mix of what they did. And it was the two best teams in the SEC going at each other with, with all their weapons at their disposal. And it, for, for 60 minutes. Absolutely. And it just turned out, you know, we fell a little bit short. You know, when folks are saying, well, you know, 15 more seconds, we could have won. And, and probably so. But again, if it had been two minutes and 15 seconds, Alabama may have won. 
That's true. It's and that's a, a hard window to thread. Uh, you know, you know but, well, like I said, but the game, but the game, sixty minutes, and you know, we came up a tad short, but and, it, and was, it, uh, it was it was a heck short. of a ball game. Oh, absolutely, it's a heartbreaker. I mean, as good as the Alabama people feel about that win is as is as heartbreaking and as bad as Georgia feels about it. Not not bad from we're pissed off like we were at the South Carolina game. Just a heartbreaker when you leave everything you have out there on the field and still come up a little bit short. No, but, no doubt. I mean, somebody had to lose, you know, I mean, and, and that's the way it is, and it was us, you know. And like we did come up a little bit short, and it, it was a stinking heartbreaker to be so close and uh, still lose. And, you know, Mark Schlaubach, uh, the guy, ESPN guy, you know, says that it was the worst loss for Georgia football in 30 years, you know, which I think is, is crap. I mean, I, I think that's, I, I tell you, I wasn't happy with hardly any of the media after the game, you know? <laughs> I can name a lot worse losses than that. No that doubt. No doubt. Exactly. That is I not can a name loss. losses than that this year. Exactly. That is not a bad loss. I mean, just because you lose the biggest game in 30 years, that is not the same thing as the worst loss in 30 years you know not not even close not even in the same universe uh Slavik has no idea what even constitutes a bad loss for a georgia football team i'll tell you though how about uh how about chuck oliver man he tried to bow up a little bit there and uh you know he he's he's he found out that 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 nail sticking out is the one that gets hammered down huh oh absolutely i mean and just what an what an idiotic thing to say what an idiotic thing to say it's certainly the wrong time no I doubt. Mean, you know, just you're going to criticize. I, I, you're going to criticize the team. Even even hint at criticizing the team after that game. I'm telling you, old dog. For the I have not seen a Georgia game in a long time where I really, really felt like every single play for 60 full minutes, every play was. The most important play. Every play was critical for, I, I'm telling you, the intensity as a fan, the intensity that I felt as a fan, I can't even imagine what it was like to participate in that game with the concentration and the focus required. I mean, you see, I mean, you know, Damon Swan got caught up in a bad coverage there, you know, took well, a step did, inside. He, 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 he bit on a fake. Yeah, he bit on a fake. He took a step inside. You know, you take one play off, and, and I mean, I'm not saying even Damian Swan even took the play off. I mean, I'm not even saying that. I'm not, uh, you know, I don't have any criticisms. I mean, you know. No, and, and that was part of the thing, too, that we were talking about with the teams not turning one-dimensional. Yeah. They had been running it and running it and running it. So, obviously, a little play-action fake. On a on a go route, you know you can't blame the guy for biting on it because he had seen probably 15 plays in a row, no doubt. You know where they were running it, and you know, and it wasn't the lineman tackling the, you know, Lacey and the other kid. Sure. I mean, we were counting a lot on linebackers and defensive backs because those guys were getting back there. So, I mean, there's no, you know, there there's so many games that we have played over the past where you can point to lack of effort, stupidity on the player's part, stupidity on the coaching staff's part, uh, you know, going back to the Martinez days. You know, that certainly wasn't the case 
in this game. I mean, it was an all-out effort, and I think both teams gave all they had and left it on the field. It's going to be a long, long time before we see a better football game than what we saw last Saturday night. And no, no, the I'm effort that the boy and like I have no criticisms. I mean, there's no. just no, there's no. The boys played every single, every single player on our team. I feel like gave everything they had to win that game. Oh, there's there's no doubt about it. And you know, and ESPN and all these other folks, they're going to try to play up, and you're going to hear all these pundits say how well Notre Dame matches up with Alabama and this and that and how it's going to be this kind of game and that kind of game and it's going to be close and it's going to come down. It ain't going to be close worth a damn. I'm going to tell you, Alabama's going to win by three touchdowns going away. They're going to mash Notre Dame. They are. There's nobody in America that doesn't think you didn't see the two best teams. I I mean, you know, and also props to James Franklin, dude. Props to James James Franklin from Vanderbilt for turning in his ballot, uh, the coaches poll, keep putting Georgia, putting Alabama and Georgia at one and two in the in his coaches ballot. I'm telling you what, mad respect from Vanderbilt's coach, uh, Vanderbilt's coach yeah. James Franklin. I tell you, I mean, you know, we've had our differences with that guy, but uh, maybe there is some truth to the rumor that he and Grantham go to Disney World together. Maybe there family. is, man, because I'm telling you what, I, the guy's giving us, guy's giving us uh, due respect. You know, yeah, you're right. Alabama's gonna mash them. There's no doubt about it. Um, yeah. You know, Bernie, a lot of people were making, a lot of people were talking about the fact, I kept talking about how it was going to take a 61 minute game out of our boys to, uh, to beat Alabama. And a lot of people were saying, man, if we just had that damn one, you there said, you, you know, if it was two minutes and 15 seconds longer. But as I said, I really only wanted 60 more seconds, which I think would have been the appropriate amount of time for us to get in the box and not give Alabama enough time to get to the end zone. I think 61 minutes. You know, which just goes to show how how smart us dogcast guys are. I mean, hell, when I tell you 61 minutes, I mean 61 minutes, not 62, not 60, 61. That's what we needed. And uh, clearly I knew exactly what it was going to take because I'm just a professional commentator. But, uh, you know, it was a great game, dude. I'll tell you one other thing, a couple of thoughts I had about the game. When I was leaving the game, I really it really occurred to me, I had the feeling, I know now, for the first time maybe in my whole life, and I was, you know, I was a part of that, you know, I was actually watched the Braves win the World Series at the Georgia Theater in Athens. And, you know, people went nuts after that. When the Braves won the World Series, uh, you know, we there were some cars destroyed right on the road in front of the Georgia Theater that night. As well and, they should, because if I remember correctly, that was also the day Florida destroyed us in Athens. Yes, it was. It was. I had left the game and uh left the game at the stadium that was one of the few times that was the um you know the olympics games and when uh spurrier said he thought it'd be fun thought it'd be cute to hang 50 on the dogs between the hedges and um i'd left that game and shot over to the georgia theater to uh to see the braves on the big screen there and you know we're standing on the sidewalk and there's like a damn volkswagen bug or something out there it's just getting destroyed in front of the in front of the uh, georgia theater Anyway, fast forward to this past Saturday night. I really had a thought in my head. You know, I was thinking, man, I know how property gets destroyed. Like, you know, the right amount of alcohol 
and just the writing. <laughs> I could see, I could set something on fire after that game. I, I was in the mood to t- set a damn trash can on fire or or flip a car over. I I was that fired up, pissed off, wrung out, anxious, tense. I I, I was just I was fired up after that game. And, you know, one of the reasons we have done the show, I have not really been able to talk. I really could not talk on Sunday or Monday. I couldn't even talk during the game. My voice went away so early in that game. It, it was it was pathetic, honestly. Uh, well, it, I was disappointed in my voice box. Well, in that, well, that comes with age. But also, you know, it was one of those things you really had to kind of calm down and you kind of needed a few days just to gather your thoughts and put the game in the perspective that it was too and uh like i say there's no reason we don't need to rehash it quarter by quarter or anything like that i know everybody listening to this show watched the game so yes i mean we certainly don't need to rehash that yeah alabama got too many yards rushing we all know that yeah and you know and again it just it, it goes down you with your 61 minutes me was saying as as always, the team that can run the ball is the team that's going to win. Yeah, there's no doubt. The team that can impo- the offensive line that can impose its will for the longest and most effectively is going to be the team that's going to win. I mean, it's and, just it's just and hell, not even it's not always even because it's just that's just the way the world works in, in football, you know. <laughs> it is, and and they just and I mean they just literally wore us down. I mean, that's just, you know, that's just plain, pure and simple the way it did. I mean, the in in the first quarter, first half, the runs that Alabama had that were going for two or three yards in the second half, those same runs were going for for seven to 12. No doubt. I mean, they weren't, you know, I mean, they literally weren't doing anything different. I, you're right. I mean, I, and I, there's no, you can't argue that. You know, you know I, but, I tell you. but but on our side of things, I mean, we played a hell of a game. We had a good running game. We had a good passing game. I mean, we don't need to hang our heads low at all. Gurley had a great game for a running back. No doubt. I mean, he ran hard. He ran like a grown man out there. He sure and, did. I mean, and he, our he, he was the hammer. Well. There's no I doubt. Mean, it was a good game by everybody. I mean, hell, Theus and uh, Burnett, everybody played great, man. You know, and I tell you, on that, uh, I mean, uh, the offense. I, I, like I said, I have no criticisms of anybody. Like I said, even even Swan. Like I said, he, yeah, he bites on a play fake, dude. Come on. I mean, he, you know, it's man. I, I'm not down on Damian Swan. No, Swan it, had a good game. He had a great game. Exactly, and there's no reason to, you know, people don't need to be second-guessing, and there are all these folks out there, you know, saying, well, you know, we should have spiked the ball. I mean, you know, there there are two ways to look at that. One, yeah, if we had spiked the ball, we could have gotten set up to run a play, but also Alabama could have gotten set up, too. No doubt. I mean, I think at that point, the conventional thinking, and, and whether we spike the ball or not, if Conley doesn't catch that ball, we're going to run two plays one way or the other. So it wasn't like if we had spiked the ball, we were going to get any extra throws to the end zone. No doubt. And, and I think, and, and I don't think, I think the conventional wisdom was let's hurry it up. We've been moving down the field on a hurry up. Let's run this play quick and maybe we can catch Alabama a little flat footed. The ball gets tipped at the line of scrimmage and Conley does what 
999 receivers out of a thousand would have done is <laughs> he catches is catch the, ball. the ball. I know, know that's I my mean, favorite that's thing. Just, that's just instinctual. If 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 the ball gets batted down at the line of scrimmage or Conley doesn't catch it, we still have one more throw to the end zone. The exact same thing we would have had if we had spiked the ball. We would have had two plays. So all these people that are, you know, being pundits and trying to say, well, we should have done this, we should have done that, you can't you can't second guess anything that went on in that game, in my opinion. And, you know, you and I are some of the best second guessers in the world. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're exactly right. And, you know, I yeah, I love the people saying that um, it would you know Conley should have batted the ball down. Are you are you freaking kidding me? People people that say Conley should have batted the ball down have never played a down of football at any level in their dude. He's a receiver, okay? He's a college kid. He's a, he's a D one athlete. You throw a ball to a receiver, he couldn't bit more bat that ball down, and you know he couldn't bit more not catch that ball than he could stop himself from breathing. Come on, exactly. You I throw mean, him the ball, he's going to freaking catch it. And and I'm glad he caught it. He, that's what he does, man. And, you know, the thing, well, we should have spiked it. Uh, you're right. I mean, there are two sides to look at that. We spike it, yeah, we get set. But Alabama takes a break, gets subs in as well. You've got kids coming down the field. We're, our, we're on fire. The clock's running down. You know, come on. They're going for it. I'm glad they went for it. I mean, I'd have been happy if they spiked it. I'm glad. You just can't second-guess that. You just can't second-guess it. No, yet. and I don't think at that point you needed to break the momentum. Yeah, if you're sitting home on the sofa or up in the stands, you just need to shut your mouth. Yeah. Just shut your freaking mouth, okay? Um, uh, one other thing, though, and I'll tell you, you know, <laughs> on, the, on the flip side of that coin, I have to be honest because I've seen a lot of people talk about the hit, the, the quote-unquote late hit, the dirty hit, the uh, – on the pick there where uh, Murray yeah. got leveled, taken off his feet. You know, a lot of people weren't happy with that, you know. Um, it was a clean hit. It was a legal hit. And uh, I have to be honest with you, old dog. I, I want to be honest with the dog cast intelligentsia. When Aaron Murray got that hit, you know, I don't know how you felt about it. Um, I didn't want him to get hurt, okay, first and foremost. I didn't want him to get hurt, okay. That that would have been not good at all. That would have been awful, However, as soon as I was able to ascertain that he wasn't hurt, my first honest thought was, I'm glad he got hit. <laughs> For two reasons. And I, like I said, I may be throwing myself in the river here, but I'm just gonna, I'm just being honest with you. I wanted, I'm glad he got hit. I wanted him pissed off. I wanted him engaged. I told my wife, I said, if that wakes his ass up and pisses him off and he catches fire, I'm okay with that hit. Hell, I want him engaged and pissed off. I want him to know we're in a serious football game. Not that he didn't know that, but my thought was, hell, get in the game, Murray. Don't throw picks. Throw damn touchdowns. You know what I mean? That that was the thought I had. Um, so I have to be honest. I, I wasn't that upset about the hit, to tell you the truth. Well, I don't know how you felt about it, but... Uh, I, like I said, I didn't want him to get hurt, but hell, I, I wanted him engaged. And by God, you get hit like that, you're you're in the game, buddy. Well, I think the worst part of it though was it was a helmet to helmet kind of thing. It was. Which, it wasn't the which it, a penalty it was a dirty hit. Been, which a penalty should have been thrown on. Uh, and I don't see how it wasn't. They tried to say, you know, that the ref's view was blocked. Maybe yeah, it was. Maybe it was. Who knows? But but if it hadn't been helmet to helmet. 
it was a perfectly legal hit, and it, and Murray certainly did pay for that interception. Yes, he did. Uh, you know, again, too, it does. That's something else. It does point out the kind of intensity you need to play this kind of game with, which I think most of our players, you know, have that kind of intensity also. And, you know, not helmet to helmet, but I mean, you know, a week before, we were slinging Georgia Tech players around like they were ragdolls, too. <laughs> no doubt. You yeah, know, you're right. I mean, I mean it's, and that's, uh, it's football. That's big boy football, and, hell, you know, and like you said, yeah, paying and, for an interception shit, or – You know, shit happens. Shit happens, exactly, buddy. That's exactly right. And uh, a couple other things I want to talk about. I, I just – I also wanted to address this thing about the Capital One Bowl going forward. Um, it was a tough loss. I hate it that we lost. We're not going to play for the national championship, you know, and we're going to play in the Capital One Bowl. You know, a lot of people made a thought, you know, they're upset about the Capital One Bowl. Uh, it's, I've seen people say, you know, it's a slap in the face. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm here to tell you, it does not matter. For, you guys need to forget about it. Yeah, not, not Is, a bit. Can any, can you tell me, old dog, would you feel better? I, to those people that are said the Capital One is awful and, We've been disrespected. Tell me, would you feel better? And tell me why you would feel better if we were in the sugar or the cotton or the outback. Who cares? We don't need the money, okay? We don't need the money. We don't need the exposure. The cotton, who cares if you're in the cotton? Who cares if you're in the outback? It's just a game, dude. It's just a game. It doesn't even count. Who cares? I don't care. I just don't care. And <laughs> no, you're you're right, and you know you talk about being 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 disrespected. The last time we played in the Sugar Bowl, shit, we played Hawaii. Yeah, and people you are know, like, I oh, mean, well, we should be in a we should be in a BCS Bowl. Who, who cares? Who cares? And and again, you look at the BCS bowls. <laughs> right. There's not a there's not a one of them that's a good matchup. And if anybody thinks this best bowl between Oregon and Kansas State is going to be good, they are sorely. Mistaken. Yeah, would I you mean, rather you be in the what, Fiesta Bowl? You saw what Baylor. You saw what Baylor did to Kansas State. <laughs> Do you think a better offense? I mean, it anyway. I mean, you look at the Oregon Bowl might and, score. They may. They may crack. They 100. could score a hundred. Yeah. I mean, the Orange Bowl is a joke. The yeah. Sugar Bowl has Louisville in it. Come on. I mean, it's just there's You're only, t- yeah to say that we got disrespected. One, there's only one BCS bowl that counts, and that's the way it was set up, and that's the national championship game. And, and it, All the others, it's like picking a backyard football game. Right. You get the, the guy that gets the first pick, then doesn't get to pick again till the very end, and that's why you have a real good team against a crap team. You know what? Telling, you know, I mean, hell, I'm not happy about the Music City Bowl or the Independence Bowl, but hell, I'm not damn happy that we're in the Capital One. I wouldn't be happy if we were in the Cotton. I, it, that that's not what I wouldn't we're be playing happy for. if we were in the Sugar. It it don't exactly as, as we have stated for a long, long time. If you're not in the national championship game, it doesn't matter where you are. Exactly. Exactly. Because I'm telling you, if you finish fourth in the poll, sixth in the poll, eighth in the poll, twelve who come on. I, I don't care. No. <laughs> They're the only damn team anybody remembers is who finished first. Exactly. And that and that's just it, man. So just forget just chill out on the what bowl game we got. Hell, as soon as we, we lost Alabama and that was it. 
I mean, <laughs> after that, that that's the end of it. Yeah. Um, so I it's mean, just extra practices, getting ready for next year. It's a payoff for the boys. You know, I want them to get awesome gift bags. I hope you all get a damn iPad from Capital One. That's awesome. I, you know, and that's cool. Now, it's a it's a benefit for the players. It's a reward for the players. It's extra practice time for next year's team, and it's something for us to do on around the holidays. And that's it. It exactly. doesn't matter. I mean, we get to watch. We get to watch the dogs play one more time. And you know what more can you say? And I yes, mean, would you we're rather, going to mash right. Nebraska. I mean, would you rather be in the Capital One Bowl playing Nebraska? in Orlando or in New Orleans playing Louisville. I mean, who cares? What right. what does it matter? And the biggest thing, the biggest thing for the players, especially the guys that are coming back next year and the coaching staff. This is kind of a turning point for our program and I really think for the coaching staff. Um we need to go into the bowl game with the same intensity and the same fire that we have had for the second half of the season. We don't need to be the Georgia. We don't need to be the Kentucky going backwards team. We need to be the Florida moving forward team. And this is going to be a, a true test of the ability of our coaching staff to keep our players playing at that intensity that they have been. And that's what we need. We need to have we need to have our guys and our coaching staff able to get these guys fired up to play in this game and then move it on forward to next year because it, it goes back and I can't remember the years, but it was back when the Houston Oilers were around and Bum Phillips was their coach. And we have kind of gone kind of like they do. He, they were, he was talking about probably the AFC championship back then. But he said, you know, the first year we knocked on the door, which is kind of what we did two years ago. We were just kind of happy to be there. Second year, we beat on the door. Third year, we're going to kick that son of a bitch in. And that's the kind of attitude we need to have going forward. We've gotten to the SEC championship game two years in a row. We need to make it three years in a row, and next year we need to be the team that's on top, that's playing for the national championship. We need to be the team that kicks the door in after knocking on it and beating on it. I, I couldn't have said it better. And if you look at what Alabama did last year, they had the hot defense. You know, this year a lot of people thought their defense took a step back. And their offense kind of came up. Offensive line got better. Running game got better. And I could see a progression like that. I, you know, a lot of people are expecting our defense to take a step back next year with all the losses on that side of the ball. But I'd like to see a similar step forward out of our offensive line and our running game, having Uri Murray back, having Michael Bennett back, having Malcolm Mitchell back. I think our offense could be even better, much better next year, running and throwing. And uh, I don't see any reason we can't kick the door down on the SEC next year. All we got to do over the summer is stay out of the weeds. Yeah, stay out of the weeds, man. <laughs> All right, buddy. On that note, um, you know, hey, Auburn. Good job with the Malzahn hire. I love it. I'm loving Gus Malzahn coming back to the Plains. Um, the uh, that's that's awesome. Fantastic, Auburn. Great job, uh, dog fans. Thanks for listening. Uh, tough game. 
tough show. I didn't even want to do this damn show. That's why I'm waiting until Thursday. Or it's actually really early Thursday morning. But uh, thanks for listening. We've got a ton of comments. I'm going to play as many as I can. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back soon with a bowl game pregame show. If anything happens on Georgia football. Oh, by the way, <laughs> Trooper Taylor to get Reuben Foster. Are you serious? Come on. Old dog, what were you saying about Trooper Taylor? You know, there is no linebacker. Hell, there is no linebacker who's ever played that would be worth hiring Trooper Taylor for for the Georgia I, football program. I wouldn't. I would not hire Trooper Taylor to clean my toilets. And we don't. We you know again we don't need linebackers. We got more linebackers than we know what to do with. Heck, we're putting some of them on the defensive line as ends. We need linemen. We, 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 if, if there's a, if there's a recruiting guy out there that's got 10 four-star offensive linemen in his pocket <laughs> that he can bring with him, then we need to give that guy a couple million dollars and get him. And copy because, that, baby. Because that's what wins ball games. And, you know, you can have the best linebacker in the country, which, argumentably, we may have in Jarvis Jones, and an offensive line still won a ball game. Roger that. Dog fans, on that note, we're out of here. We'll be back. Just keep, stay subscribed, keep listening, keep calling us. Our number is 706-363-0210. Our Gmail account is dogcast at gmail.com. Email us. Um, we've got so much feedback and letters and phone calls this week. I can't even possibly comment about all of it on the air, but I'm going to play some of these calls we got. Uh, but we, I tell you, every single email, every single phone call, we listen to it. We appreciate it. Your feedback is the whole reason we do this show. It's by fans, for fans, broadcasting from deep underneath the Sanford Stadium turf. Thanks for listening. Go dogs. Hey.